You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Tuesday edition. This is your show, Twitter Tuesday. We do have a Monday night football game, though, Matt, which is a fun wrinkle, finally, in this football season in 2021 to break down a couple of injuries to get to and of course your twitter questions at bd peacock at williamson nfl is where you find us on twitter to get us those questions one note about an upcoming event that you're going to want to tune into the locked on podcast network ultimate season preview starting august 30th through september 8th a week-long event featuring Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. So go follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed. It's its own feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts and tune in beginning August 30th. Jaguars, Saints, Matt. Uh, Any big takeaways from this game before we get into the nitty gritty of a couple of injuries that affect not only the 2021 season, but some fantasy rosters out there? A lot of takeaways from this one, and maybe just because it was the isolated game and I paid a little stricter attention to it in real time and all those good things. But let's start with the Saints. Is First of all, I think we overlook that this has been a highly successful team for a long time. And mm-hmm. while the roster depth really worries me, I say this all the time, they've had major cap issues. The last two drafts, they have not bring, brought in a lot of players. So depth and injuries are, you know, durability is going to be paramount of importance for this team. But I think that defense is really good and maybe a top five type of defense. And we don't talk about that nearly enough. They have a great offensive line. But the takeaway has to be, you know, yeah, we saw Taysom Hill out there. He's fine. I think Winston looked really good. And I keep lumping Wentz and Darnold and Winston together because I liked all those guys coming out. I think there's a lot of ability. They're all still really young and I hope quarterbacks can learn maybe from the path Winston took of take a step back, go learn from two awesome mentors in Sean Payton and Drew Brees and reevaluate where you are. It's still a young stage of your career. I thought he played really, really well. When Michael Thomas got hurt, I thought they might make Taysom Hill the starter and try to run a, you know, a a Ravens Lamar type offense but I think Winston's just a much better quarterback than Hill, and I always have thought that. And what's interesting to me is he had two really nice throws, deep balls to Marquez Callaway, who's certainly their number one right now, and is a lot more fantasy relevant probably than most of us gave him credit for. <laughs> but the key to me, too, is I'm not saying their passing game be better with Winston than Breeze, but it definitely will be different and more vertical. I think this was a huge haymaker, maybe a knockout blow for Jameis Winston to win that number one Saints quarterback yeah. job over Taysom Hill. And he, it, Taysom Hill still, to me, doesn't look like an efficient enough quarterback to where you're like, okay, he's our quarterback, he's our starting quarterback, and, and that's it. So, And here's the other thing. Is Taysom Hill now more valuable to the Saints as a quasi-tight end with the injury to Troutman? Yeah, good point. I mean... I think even Hill, or I forget who on the broadcast, I might have had an interview with Hill saying, hey, I, I'm, I'm planning on helping this team at other positions too, which then you kind of get the best of both worlds too. I mean, if Hill's the starter, you're not going to bring Winston in for a package here and there. It's easier to right. bring Hill in with Winston or occasionally without him. And that's worked in the past, of course. 
So that certainly makes a lot more sense, especially behind a good line. Michael Thomas isn't out forever. Silva Kamara. So that that certainly is interesting. Uh, you mentioned the Troutman injury. He was a guy that I really had high hopes for this year. I thought he was a really good blocker as a rookie. He mm-hmm. started phasing Jared Cook out down the stretch. I thought he was my he was my favorite tight end in that draft. It wasn't a great tight end draft out of Dayton, the town I was born, by the way. So, you know, side oh, note there. Okay. Uh, but I thought he was set up for a real breakout season, and he still might be. I mean, the news is still a little vague, but he went off on a card. I guess, you know, you saw some reports that aren't or at least are a little bit optimistic. Yeah, so the latest from Adam Schefter, you, know, did, you get carted off and it's like, well, there goes his season. Right, that was the initial out. thought. So maybe it's not quite there yet. So uh, scheduled to go undergo an MRI on his foot Tuesday. So the MRI has not happened yet, but the initial x-rays Monday night were negative. So uh, he's experiencing Good. mild pain. So that sounds at least, you know, somewhat optimistic there. So it's only mild pain. And he's going to have an MRI x-rays negative, so not a broken foot. That's Maybe. positive, at least. I mean, I think he's somebody, not only did I think of him as a breakout guy, but with Thomas going down, they need him now. Right, yeah. And so you mentioned Marcus Callaway, and I loved that connection with Winston to Callaway in this game. This is why you can wait on wide receiver in your fantasy football drafts, because you got guys like Marcus Callaway's going in like, I don't know, hundred like 150th overall like I don't even know where he's he's going so late in fantasy football yeah like you can find flexible startable wide receivers so late it's such a deep position and he's a guy that you look at and you think oh man this is a you know fantasy sleeper but it's still hard to put him above some other players because every team's got a fantasy sleeper and every team's got really talented wide receivers so it's just there's so many of them and Marcus Callaway is someone that you can absolutely draft and, and feel pretty good about I think this year in fantasy football yeah, it's funny. Remember last Wednesday, I think it was, we did that fantasy YouTube summit, you know, get together that we pumped up. And Ross Jackson sent in a question that night saying, uh, where are you putting Callaway in your receiver ranks? And uh, they they sent it to me and I was like, I like what he brings. I'm not on board yet. He's the type of guy that, you know, you monitor and you pick him up in week two if he has two good weeks. And Deep down, I'm thinking, Ross knows more about this than I do, and I should probably be more aware of this guy. And that's 100% the case. I mean, I think he's somebody you have to draft now, you know, for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And he's going to be needed for not just fantasy purposes, but real-life NFL purposes for that offense even more now with Thomas out, now Troutman out. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of targets going Alvin Kamara's way as well True. in that offense. There was, Let's start here because we're talking injuries. There was an injury on the other side of the field as well to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And look, I've been hyping up Travis Etienne. is like, he's going to win this job. He hasn't been utilized at all, hardly in the preseason games. And now he's got an injury, a foot injury for him as well. Liz Frank, the latest from Ian Rappaport on ATN, is very similar. X-rays were negative. And he's waiting to get an MRI Tuesday. So we'll have more information about that later. But Liz Frank, that can be a tough one. And it's a sort of a bone or ligament injury, midfoot. And for a running back foot injury, it's one of those that could linger for a while. And uh, who knows? And it could derail Travis Etienne's rookie season for a while. It sure sounds like it. I mean, I'm hearing words like indefinitely. Liz Frank is always a slow healing injury. Uh, again, I don't like talking about specific injuries, but it, it just seems like it's always two step forward, one step back, you know, one step forward, two steps back. It's never quick and easy with that injury, especially for a speed, you know, type of player 
puts a lot of stress on it with all the power and speed he generates and burst. But just talking Jags for a minute, um, in a way, I was impressed with Trevor Lawrence because I thought he was very poised and didn't look frenetic despite really getting overmatched. I mean, I mentioned the Saints defense is a good defense, but I worry more and more, and this is, again, massive overreaction. Is this Jags coaching staff the, the, the going to be an asset to him and to this whole situation, or are they going to be gone in a year or two, and we're just going to look at it as another failed Jacksonville experiment? Because they do some weird things, and they were really overmatched. I mean, Lawrence did not play well. All I can say in his favor was he, you know, he made a couple throws and flashed and he looked poised, but uh, it was a problem for them. And, you know, now ATN's out. I'm a little worried about Jacksonville, to say the least. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm always a little skeptical when you get that college coach coming into the NFL because it's such a different ball game, personnel wise, especially. Um, I do like some fantasy aspects of that offense just because I see a lot of three wide. I think they're going to go fast. I think there's going to be some points to be scored as far as wins and losses for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I think they can be better than last year, but they were the worst team in the NFL last year, <laughs> record wise. So that's not saying a lot, you know? So, um, but I did like, and you're right, just isolating Trevor Lawrence. It looks like he belongs. It's not too big for him, clearly, and and he's going to be able to hang. He makes he. I love that throw where he's rolling left. He made it just a dime of a throw on the move. Um, he made another really nice deep throw. Uh, so I, I think he's going to be fine. It might take some time, but I have questions about the coaching staff and the overall makeup of the team. Uh, I agree with you, and I still know what the heck's going on with C.J. Henderson because he's one of their top two corners, but he's not starting. He's listed on th- third string on the depth chart. That is an yeah. oddball situation. Very much so, and. Sure makes me think they're fielding offers or, you know, they're not exactly pumping them up and promoting them particularly well. And maybe we're all too optimistic. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a wonderful prospect and they've, you know, done some things with this roster. But they won. They, I mean, they lost 15 games in a row last year. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we shouldn't probably expect them to be, you know, worse to first. A couple of stock ups just uh... – because of Travis ATN one, but also just because they're so entrenched in, in what we're seeing this offense sort of look like. I mentioned the three wide stuff. LaVisca Chenault could be a real breakout player this year because yeah. it seems like he's being targeted a ton. And even if he's not one of the first two outside wide receivers with D- DJ Chark and you know Marvin Jones and some other players they have there, he's clearly going to be a part of the offense. And I love that. And and he's looking like he's ready to contribute, you know, in gadgety ways. And then there was going to be some ATN usage, I think, there that's not going to happen anymore. So he's going to get all the gadget touches there in that offense. And they're going to go three wide a lot. And they're probably going to be throwing from behind a lot in a lot of football games. And then obviously James Robinson, just more entrenched there. And he's just a rock solid player. He's not spectacular, but the coaching staff clearly already trusts him. He's really good in pass protection. Uh, he's just a, a solid running back. And, and you can feel pretty, I, I was a little worried about what was going to go on there with ATM potentially taking over from James Robinson, and that looks less likely. So you feel better about drafting James Robinson at his current place in fantasy football leagues. Yeah, I guess. I'm a little wary of that, too, because I'm just not sure that the Jags coaching staff is as in on James Robinson as we want him to be at this point. But we'll see. I probably won't end up with him because he's going to skyrocket up boards. I do think the receiver situation is very interesting in Jacksonville. I've been a DJ Chark guy and have been burned by him and has flourished with him too. But 
but he's in a void for me. I mean, he has a broken finger right now, and the coaching staff really has never said anything good about him. They said he's a big receiver that plays small, and he hasn't been out there for a while. <laughs> so he's been a huge avoid guy for me, and he's massively inconsistent before the staff even right. got there. You mentioned LaVisca. I'm 100% on board with that. I think he's a breakout guy. All the buzz has been super high on him. I loved him coming out of school. I mean, I think he can be a well-rounded, you know, not just gadget guy. And a guy that I end up with a lot on my team is Marvin Jones. I mean, he's the most boring pick in the league, but he's steady. He's the only veteran in the passing game that you can, like, trust. I think he's going to lead the league in reception or the team in receptions when it's all said and done. Yeah, if – look, Marvin Jones might be – what everyone thought DJ Chark was going to be in this offense this year. He's just rock yeah, solid. Right. Like he's just, he's just money. You know what you're going to get from Marvin Jones every single year. It's pretty amazing. And he doesn't get a lot of credit at all. Um, defensively real quick. We, we spend so much time talking about the offenses here. Um, and you know, maybe if you make an offer for DJ or for uh, CJ Henderson, you should say, Hey, you know, why don't you throw in DJ Chark with this deal as well? I wonder if he could be had. Yeah. <laughs> and Caleb on chase on too. Like I, I, just, I just feel like everybody who was brought in from previous regime pre urban Meyer could potentially be up for grabs. Cause it doesn't seem like there's a real good plan on how to use Caleb on chase on, on defense either. Now that you mentioned this and the teams we saw last night, the one rumor I had heard a week or so ago was if Michael Thomas were to get traded, the team that's most interested is his college coach, urban Meyer and Jacksonville. Mm. So, okay. you know, you know, maybe the GMs had a cup of coffee at halftime and had a little chat. And, you know, we'll send you DJ Chark and something for CJ Thomas. I mean, they yeah, need Henderson quarters. would make a ton of sense. Uh, yeah. You Saints know, are a perfect team for Henderson. Chase on and Chark could go back to the Bayou. You know what I mean? Like there's okay, a okay. lot. Of, I mean, we could really concoct something here. I like this. We're on to something. Yeah. Thomas goes and How about, know, just, Tre Trevor Lawrence would love that. You, th you th let, let's pause for a second. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to throw an offer out there, just a, a bananas okay, offer okay. that's definitely never going to happen. But uh, we'll see. We'll see if we can come up with something here. And I've been doing this on Lockdown 49ers, trying to figure out how to get C.J. Henderson over there to that squad <laughs> as well. So uh, and I know this is happening. On all, I've, I've seen a lot of tweets and a lot of podcasts on the network and a lot of teams' ideas trying to figure out how they can get a super talented first round caliber cornerback from the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. So we'll see if C.J. Henderson. Super quick. When I was 11, I wrote this like three page letter to Chuck Knoll of how he could trade for Marcus Allen. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was available. They didn't. And they didn't. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's good <laughs> stuff. All right. Fantastic. Uh, we'll finish up Twitter Tuesday next. It's that time of year again. We're talking fantasy football. All eyes are now turning back to the NFL as teams are back on the gridiron to start this 2021 season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus using promo code LOCKEDON. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, horse racing. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available 
for the 2021 season at Bet Online. Use promo code Locked On Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. Did you recommend to Chuck Noll what to offer for Marcus Allen? And was he traded oh, to yeah, the yeah. Chiefs? Oh yeah, all these different scenarios. Is, you could trade this guy in a pick, and or all these picks, and blah blah blah. You know, yeah. Was the, he or mid eighties? It might have been the when Byron Bo showed up. I can't remember exactly the timing, but. For some reason, I had this, this concoction of all the different ways they could trade for Marcus Allen. Was he traded to the Chiefs or was he a free agent? I don't know. It was before that because I was like probably 13, 14. So I'm guessing this is like 85-ish, 86, something like that. It might have gotcha. been as soon as Bo showed up. Okay. I'm going to have to go back. and I don't, I don't have a copy of the letter. What a crazy backfield that was, Bo Jackson and Marcus Allen. Wow. Yeah, how about that? All right. I think you got to pay up if you're the Saints. You're trying to win now. Why not just ask for all three of them? And these are recent first wow. round picks, right? So they CJ, did just draft the defensive end, though. That's true. They did. They did. You know, they could find it. Huh? You know what, though? I think um, they already have a tweenery linebacker edge player they drafted last year. Bond. Zach Bond, Bond. Zach Bond, right? Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. kind of yeah. So maybe Chase on doesn't work. So I was gonna I was gonna go crazy with this, but maybe not. I, I, Henderson and Chark for Michael. Thomas. I was gonna say, if we, who says no to that? If we just keep it simple. Yeah. Henderson and Chark for Thomas. I love it. Does Jacksonville say yes? I mean, Trevor Lawrence says yes. I think I it's the a slam dunk. There it is, done. Forget about it. Let's do. Maybe that. someone else will throw in a fourth round pick one way or the other. Yeah, maybe someone. The someone will, yeah. Someone feels bad about themselves, so they got to throw in a pick, but. The same stone of cap space, but those two aren't bad cap hits. They're mm-hmm. young guys. All right. There you have it. We solved all the problems. Love it. Done deal. Okay. Let's see what's on some folks' minds here. Let's go to Ryan. He wants to talk Buffalo Bills. Mm, okay. He says, one thing not mentioned from the Bills preseason, the revamped defensive line looks dominant, with Rousseau mm. himself getting two sacks and limited action against the starters. Epinesa also looking great against the ones. Does an improved pass rush increase your outlook on the Bills this year, I'm going to start with an answer. Yes, 100. And they're a very smart organization. You mentioned Epinesa and the two picks this year. Their first two picks, they've clearly addressed this in a big way over the last two drafts, and understand that you know that's one of the things sort of holding them back or could improve. And I'm sure they have Mahomes in mind. You know, with a a strong four man pass rush that can also kind of keep him in the pocket. Um, I'm with you. I, here's my take on their pass rush is, and some of these are pro football focused stuff. I think that's where I saw it, but they were pretty good in pressure rate last year. You know, like it wasn't like they were a terrible pass rush. They didn't produce a lot of sacks. And I think we all agree that they don't have a dude. Jerry Hughes is a good player back nine of his career. There's not one guy that just stands out, you know, Oliver, they were hoping would be that guy it was an early pick. He's sort of spotty. Um, so I think what they do and what they've you know have, have done in the past is it's like hockey lines. They just keep these guys fresh and they rotate them in. I'm sure guys like Rousseau will bump inside and you could have a, a fast package with Oliver next to Rousseau and two edge guys, you know. So there's a lot of possibilities there as these guys all learn, but I don't see a stud. Rousseau and Epinesa could both rotate inside too, true, and so true. and then you know they're they're big power players too, or at least have a lot of size. And did you see the the sack from Epinesa 
this weekend. I mean, he just completely bowled over an offensive tackle. It was it was an, an amazing speed to power rush. Yeah, and it's actually a good point you bring up because all three of those guys they drafted are big physical ends. They're not speed rushers that are 240 pounds that run a four five flat. Yeah. You know, I mean they're power players. You play the run on the way to the quarterback. And and Rousseau yeah. just with his length and he he was sort of a puppy coming out of school and uh he played his freshman year and had ten sacks or whatever it was and then opted out last year. So there was a big unknown factor there and I think they might have hit on him. He's just got a lot of physical ability and you know and he was just really raw coming out so that's a fun defensive line and absolutely I mean any team that improves on their pass rush it's going to make and look they're already a really good team so uh the bills can be scary absolutely I think it's also a great last thing I want to mention I think it's Rousseau I think it's a really good landing spot for him it's not like he went to Dallas and they said you got to play every snap you know be our number one rusher out of the gate yep 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 Ryan replied to his own question, though, and, and he did say, uh, I'll note that I'm well aware of infamous Bill's bust. Aaron Maven had three sacks in a preseason as well. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not get too carried away with the preseason, but yes. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Chris wants to know if there's anything big coming. I have a question with, for you about the Steelers. Uh, Chris wants to know if there's anything big coming with the Steelers and uh, TJ Watt extension with the voidable years they added to, to, to its contract, and why not just extend to it while you're at it? I'm not exactly sure what's going on with Tuit, and unfortunately, um, Tuit's brother was killed recently in a very tragic manner, and he's been at home a lot and grieving and put on a little bit of weight, and of course, Steelers aren't like pushing him, so he's in sort of an odd place right now and could need, you know, stands to get in better shape, but football hasn't been the most important thing to him because of the tragedy. But they did restructure him. He's obviously in the long-term plans. Um, Jerry Dulac is a, a beat reporter here. I know very well. He does exceptional work for years and years and years. And he actually tweeted yesterday that T.J. Watt is set to – and he's super dialed in. He said T.J. Watt is dialed, or set up to be the highest-paid defensive player in the league. It'll happen right after the final preseason game. I don't know why that you know, timing matters, but mm-hmm. any day now. Interesting. Okay, there you go. And yeah, that that sounds about right. I think he's going to break some records, which every yeah. great player does. <laughs> and Just the way it goes, until the next great defense player comes along. You yeah, know? and he's a stand-up rusher, but he's going to get paid like an edge guy. That's why he's going to break the records. Exactly, exactly. And, and side note, Ingram has been awesome here, and... Highsmith, the the pick from last year, has really taken a step forward. So I know Bud Dupree's gone, but I think they're better on the edge than they were. I mean, I I honestly think Highsmith and Ingram would be a top ten edge group, and that's not even with Watt. Oof, that's scary. yeah, it's a little scary. That is scary. That was already the best defensive team in the league last year. Yeah, they added Schobert. They're better, in my opinion. Well, I have a quick question for you, and we can, we can't spend too much time here on the Steelers, but. Fryermuth. We haven't talked about Fryermuth. How's he looking both from an NFL perspective as a blocker, as a number one tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and an outlet for Ben Roethlisberger, and as a fantasy football player? Is the, is the baby Gronk comparison working for you so far? I hate the baby Gronk comparison, and he does too. So, I mean, like people ask him that Dave's draft, he's like, please don't refer to me like that. I, I, you know, <laughs> uh, Gronk's a great player. I'm, I'm my own guy, all those things. A um, couple things. He's a red zone badass and he was at Penn State he really adjusts well to the ball he's huge catching radius 
I think that'll be his early role and grow and grow and grow situational. Uh, Ebron's probably only here one more year. So if you dynasty players, Briar Moose, a good guy to grab now, his stock should only rise. Uh, a big misconception, though, is that he's Heath Miller. He's a big physical blocker. He isn't. I mean, he's a big physical guy, but didn't block much at Penn State. He was their feature receiver. He was detached a very high percentage of the time, and he's learning to block, but he's not good at it yet. So if you don't get Kyle Pitts in your keeper or dynasty leagues, Fire Me is a good target? Yeah, I mean, much, much later. Right, right, right. Yeah, much, much later. Get a little value there on a future tight end that could be targeted quite a lot in that Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Okay, let's finish up this episode of Twitter Tuesday. we got a few more questions coming up. You can save not only money, but you can save time when using rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership for example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. It's only $216, the very same exact part from rockauto.com. Family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and rockauto.com prices are reliably low for every customer, no matter if you are a professional or an at-home do-it-yourselfer. They are stocked with everything you need, an unbelievable Selection at rockauto.com, everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for the inside of your vehicle. Oh, and the all-important wiper blades, which was my first purchase from rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's come full circle on the Jaguars here, Matt. Justin wants to know, do the Jags coaching staff have a big leash? Hmm. Do you think yes? I mean. Uh, I think they, <laughs> it's, I don't think it's going to be a one and done situation. I think, and when we talked with Tony Wiggins, the host of Locked on Jaguars, you know. Yeah, it was good. Urban Meyer is the CEO. He's coming to change the culture. and You're not going to do that overnight. And you've got this great quarterback you drafted number one. So I think he does have some time. I would say he has more time than, you know, let's say the Chicago Bears and Matt Nagy, mm-hmm. even though they both drafted a quarterback and you would think, gosh, why would you let somebody spend that much of your resources as a franchise to draft a quarterback and not let them see that development through? Um, so, but we've seen it before. We saw it with Goff, you know, and, and Jeff Fisher was canned after his rookie year, I think, right? And and it's it's definitely happened multiple times where coaching staffs, I think Darnold, didn't that happen with Darnold too? Yeah, I think so. It was either a year or two with Gase, but yeah, you know, it definitely did with Fisher. I thought there was a year before um, Gase even, right? Was his rookie year with somebody else, then Gase for two? Timeline, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but um, I think they it's not it's not a one and done probably for Urban Meyer. I'll say that. Maybe after year two, it's like, okay, this is a disaster. This was bad. Let's Let's try again. Yeah, I agree with all that. I mean, they gave him big money, lured him out of retirement. You know, uh, Trevor Lawrence has something to do with that, too. And, you know, build your whole staff. You're the CEO. You're in charge. I would imagine they'll be patient. But I also know how these things go. And if Meyer continues to do peculiar things, you know, and, and handles this thing more like a college or, you know, and the media gets wind of it more and more, those owners you know, are influenced by the media and public perception a lot. You know, if this is a disaster year 
Lawrence looks like he's in trouble. They don't get much better on the field, and he's doing a couple odd things, and the media is talking about, is this the right guy for the job? You know, that, that leash gets tighter quick in this league. Um, I also think the end result, if it goes poorly, could just be Meyer saying, eh, I'm done. You know, he's done that before. Yeah, he's like, all right, we, we gave this a shot, and, uh, yeah, I I don't want to spend Ret- this much time doing this again and losing. So retirement was nice. I'll yeah. Like he, he was ready to walk away when he was winning. So, um, I think there's yeah, some health yeah. reasons too. So who knows? But uh, yeah. And like, if he starts selling all the pieces and like, if he just doesn't like a player's attitude and starts selling really talented players for 50 cents on the dollar or something like that, and they get even worse than they were before, before they get better, it may be in the long run, it's the right move. Maybe it's too old schooly or, or college of a coaching move to do some things like that. But yeah, interesting. Very, it's an interesting team to watch and, and see how things do turn out there. But I do not expect a one and done, even if they're terrible and don't win any games. No, I mean, that would be pretty dramatic. I mean, considering all they've put into it, like you said, with Lawrence and a new staff and, a, you know, this is you're in charge. One and done is just not good business. Jared wants to know if the Dallas Cowboys can send linebacker Jalen Smith away on a bus ride to Houston in exchange for some Whataburger gift cards. And I don't think they can. <laughs> I think Whataburgers too. I think you got to set your sights lower. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where he is physically. I know he overcame an unbelievable injury, but he still has symptoms from what I understand. He's, I always thought he was a little overrated post-injury because I think he's really good in a straight line and a, a downhill player. But I never thought he was a great change of direction guy since the injury. And he got a little more publicity than he probably deserved because he was such a great prospect in Notre Dame and Cowboys. I mean, you couldn't be more high-profile high than mm-hmm. that. And Van Der Esch hasn't been on the field either. So, I mean, they attacked the linebacker position. They even called Keanu Neal a linebacker. I'm not sure that he really is. Uh, you know, as well as drafting Cox and Parsons, that those two incumbents that aren't that old aren't probably long for the Dallas Cowboy organization and have really fallen out of favor. Uh, I don't know what you get for Jalen Smith. Probably not much. It's tough because of his contract situation. He's making too. money. Yeah, he's, he's signed through twenty. Let's look at. Yeah, he's signed through twenty twenty five with his current contract, and there's sixteen million dollars of dead money. And you would, even after lopping off his salary of 9.8 this year, they would take a $6.8 million cap hit just to cut it. And so, and I don't think a team's going to take him on, and he's just not moving well right now. So I don't know what you do with Jalen Smith. Uh, he has to stick around for one more year, then after this year, they cut him. I think that's the only thing that can happen. Yeah, and not a good situation. Quick little cowboy note. Does Dak worry you at all? It just seems yes. like he's, you know, there, there's some blurbs saying he may not be 100% all year. Yeah. You know, I, I just have a an eyebrow raised in the Dak situation. Like, I thought the injuries would blow over by now. And Hard Knocks, of course, is optimistic. But you can't put any hard, you know, put any stock in that. I wonder, I mean, is he not going to be quite the same? It sounds like at least this year, and he's already dealing with some other injuries, and, and there's been reports that he's throwing the ball different and maybe some, you know, just different ailments and, and making up for lower half injury with upper half, and then that's hurting the upper half, and he's throwing differently, and maybe he's not going to be quite the same this whole year, and it'll be another season sure. before he's back. And I think it was a Schefter report live on TV during one of these preseason games where uh, he said that, yeah, the, that don't expect him to be the same guy 
right away this year or maybe at all this year. And that's a little scary. Yeah. So I'm a little bit worried there, but he's still a pretty good quarterback, even if he's 90% of himself and has a ton of weapons on offense. So maybe it's not that big of a deal if it does take him an extra year to get back to where he was. Yeah, good point. And you do see this a lot when, when someone's recovering from a, a a big injury in their lower body than something in the upper body gets strained too much or, you know what I mean? Like you're not just balanced in the way you, uh, you know, torque your body and as you used to be. And and I definitely think whatever version we see of him will be much better than the quarterback play last year post Dak. I mean, I, I just hope it's not something he can never cut back to where he was because that was a really bad injury. Last one here really quick. Mel is a blue Texan. Good handle there on Twitter. He says, huh. Nick Chubb or Zeke Elliott in standard? Zeke, but he scares me. Zeke and Barkley are the guys I want other people to draft. But I think he's worth more than Chubb. Yeah. Just, Chubb, Chubb's pass catching is a problem. But if there's if it's not a PPR league and I had the choice know, of like yeah. where to draft, I would say, okay, give me late first round. I'll go chub something else at the turn over Zeke at, you know, six or five or whatever. Right. But if they're both on the board and you have to pick between the two, who do you take? Yeah, you just you just got to take Zeke earlier. I think Chubb. so, too. Yeah. Yeah, I have Zeke as my sixth. I have Chubb as my 12th, but he's been as high as 10-ish. But Zeke and Barkley are a little worrisome for me. But if it's not PPR and let's say Cream Hunt gets dinged up or something in this third preseason game, I'll take Nick Chubb over Zeke Elliott even, maybe. I, I worry Chubb that I'm so too good. low on Chubb because is he really that much different than Derrick Henry? I mean, when they're both healthy, they're putting up 100 yards and scoring touchdowns and mm -hmm. running over everybody behind an awesome offensive line, even with Hunt there. And when Chubb returned last year, he was awesome. Do you take Jonathan Taylor over either or both? I have Elliott ahead of both those guys. I have Taylor and Chubb next to each other. And I flop them back and forth like every day. Interesting. Okay. You have a Taylor versus Chubb. Take. Way to sit on the fence, Williamson. Come on. I know. I know. I like Taylor right now. Yeah. I like Taylor just okay. because of the, the young legs and how good he was in the second half of his rookie season. But it, it could end up being very Chubb-like, too. So, it's you know, mm -hmm. I, I feel really good about Chubb as well. And Zeke worries me, but the pass-catching ability and the just... You know, the, the, the carry and the usage could be so much better for him. And it's not Good out offense. of the realm of possibility to think, ah, yeah, you know what, he'll, be, he'll bounce back and be closer to what we saw the year before than he was last year, Zeke. But if I had to guess which player I wanted in two years, Zeke might be third. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Zeke versus Barkley. Oh, that's so tough. I was never as know, big on Barkley as everybody else because I thought there was a little bit of a vision problem there. And yeah, if, yeah. if these injuries are going to hurt his athleticism, which is what he hangs his hat on, then that scares me a little bit. But PPR usage, I, I take Barkley probably over all of them in PPR, it, especially yeah, in a, in a keeper so. situation for year long. I, I need as much time as possible to find out if he's going to get on the field early in the season. I, my, my takes on Barkley and Elliott, like I kind of said, were when you're Someone in your league drafts them, it doesn't hurt my feelings. Right, yeah, it's and that means somebody else is there for you later. So Right, but, like, okay, that, that doesn't, I don't want to make that decision. I totally agree.
There you go. Good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for all the questions. Apologies to those we did not get to. You can always keep those coming all week long, and not just when we ask for them on a Twitter Tuesday. At BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL. There's so many questions. We'll probably hit some overflow questions on Wednesday. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good move. All right, good stuff. Everything else going on in the NFL as we get ready for preseason week three. Daily, right here, Peacock and Williamson.